A shoe that pinches a little too much. A dress that makes it hard to breathe. We all have suffered a little bit from time to time for fashion. But what if that minor inconvenience turned into a major pain? What if that pretty dress turned out to be deadly? Well, then you'd have fashions to die for. I'm your host, Sarah Phillips Collins, and I am excited that you are joining us for our very first episode of Fashions to Die For. Today, I'm joined by my sister, Holly Phillips Doherty, and we'll be discussing a die to die for. So do you remember when we were kids hearing about an urban legend of a girl buying a prom dress and then dying because of it? Yes, absolutely. Because there was some sort of like formaldehyde or something in the cleaning fluid, which doesn't make sense because formaldehyde doesn't kill you, but something like that. I want to say I want to say it had something to do with the color, too, like the color was involved. Right. My memory of it was that it was a girl and she was going to prom and she was poor, but pretty, of course. And she got invited to prom. So she went and got a secondhand dress. And for some reason in my head, it was blue. That's what I thought, too. That's why I thought that the color was important, because otherwise, why mention it? Right. But for some reason, I remember it was blue. And she wears the dress and she kind of feels faint. She doesn't feel that well. And she makes her prom date take her home. And then the next morning, they discover her dead. And the the thing is, is that it was supposed to be that, like, somebody was buried in the dress. And so the person had been embalmed. And so all the formaldehyde, all that fluid had gotten into the dress. And then when the girl wore it and she danced and she got sweaty, she absorbed the formaldehyde into her system. I 100% remember that. Okay. So evidently, this comes from, this is an urban legend that comes from, I read a couple of different things, but one of them was supposed to be that uh, like a department store sold it. And so somebody was telling this story to like put down the department store or make people not like the department store. There are in history, some Greek mythology of people dying because of a poisoned garment. Let me bring out uh, Dr. Gregory House, MD. Because oh yes, there was a guy who bought jeans off the back of a truck. Yes, I remember that. They were, I think, from China or something, right? And he didn't wash them before he wore them. And emergency room hijinks ensued. Right, because the dye or whatever it was, the chemicals, he absorbed it through his skin. Mm-hmm. So it, it turns out that there is actual precedence for this. It's not formaldehyde. It is actually arsenic. So what happens is that in Victorian times, they discover a way of making a very vibrant green dye. Victorians go like ape shit for it. Like they just love this bottle green color. I think they used it in wallpaper, too. Yeah, I was about to say they used it in carpets and in wallpaper. They used it in garments and dyes. And so, of course, You know, it's arsenic Um, and arsenic is a poison. They knew it was a poison at the time. But for them, there was some benefits because they're like, oh, look, we don't have any pests and the (laughs) vermin all die. 
Right? I wonder why my small children are dying, though. <laughs> that's the thing. There was incidents of children dying. And the thing is, is like the children would get sick. And so then they would like put them back in the bedroom with the green wallpaper. So the kids would just get even sicker. They definitely never licked because it's a really cool color green. And wouldn't you want to try that? Right. And kids don't lick wallpaper anyway, right? I they mean, don't. they totally do. <laughs> so, yeah, it was killing all these people. But. They also used it in fabric. And so women would really, like it became a very popular color because this is also the time where gaslighting becomes more and more popular. And so in the ballrooms and in the houses and stuff. <laughs> I totally thought you meant like psychological gaslighting. Right, right. I was You're like, uh, where are you going? <laughs> No, I know. In this in this time, this day, with Trump and gaslighting, that's where you go automatically. But no, no, no. I'm actually talking about like real gaslight. Okay. And then this was more popular. And in comparison to candlelight, it was a lot brighter. So the colors would be more saturated. So they wanted more and more vibrant colors. So this dye that they were able to create was a very, like I said, like a bottle green or like a Kelly green kind of color. Mm -hmm. And it starts out of this company in Germany and it was called Wilhelm Dye and White Lead Company. And in 1814, they realized that you could take a bit of this highly toxic arsenic trioxide or what was known as white arsenic and mix it with copper. And they would get this bright color. And so, like we were talking about, there's lots of incidents of people getting sick. The British Medical Journal of the time said that a woman wearing one of these arsenic green dresses actually, quote unquote, carries in her skirt poison enough to slay the whole of the admirers. She may meet within half a dozen ballrooms. So basically, she had enough poison on her skirts that she could kill six ballrooms full of people. That's um, that's a mood. Right? <laughs> I mean, it really kind of it's like when you're like, she looks killer in that is, is going to be something very different, right? Besides the harm you're causing yourself, just the sheer power of walking into a room knowing you could kill everyone in a three ballroom radius. It's like, do not cross me. Can you imagine the confidence you would have? <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. Turn me down for a dance, bitch. I mean, <laughs> you just go up and you just start rubbing on them. Rubbing. <laughs> a little lint in the tea. Oh, yeah, there you go. Just be like, cheek, 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 cheek. Kind of rub your sleeve off into their uh, drink there. Mm -hmm. Make them think twice. Exactly. Do you know what the side effects of arsenic are? I think it hurts your tummy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nausea is one of those. But some of the other side effects would be, especially for these people who were dyeing the fabric, or the Victorians also really liked fake flowers and fake flower arrangements. And then they would use this green for the leaves. Um, and so they would paint this like liquid solution or sprinkle this powder on it. And so these people, they would end up with green fingernails or their hands would turn green and get kind of a yellow nail. And which is like bad, but, you know, it's like, OK, I look like Kermit. That's not so bad. But then they would start to get redness and peeling around 
the the hands and the nail beds, and then it would go to their nose and lips. And anywhere that you might actually come into physical contact with the dye, uh, you would get these open sores. And of course, once you have open sores, that means that the arsenic could get in even more. And breathing in the dye could also do this to you, breathing in the poison. So nausea, lack of appetite, diarrhea, anemia, headaches, like all of these are side effects. One story I read was talking about this group of men that were dyeing the fabric green Mm -hmm. and they'd get the dye on their hands and then they would go to the bathroom. Oh no, they're little peckers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it would it would cause their wee willy winkies to get <laughs> painfully inflamed, and then lesions on their scrotum and inner thighs. Oy. Yep. And then to make matters worse, that could lead to gangrene. So yeah, you had to really like your job. You had to really like your job to continue there, in my opinion. So. It really won't be about until about 1895 that some regulations are going to be put into place for factory workers being exposed to this arsenic. So, I mean, that's a pretty long time from 1814 to about 1895. That's a lot of willies. It is a lot of wee willy winkies kind of winking out there, you know. And the thing is, like I said, the Victorians knew it was bad. I mean, they had arsenic in their house to kill rats. They didn't have a lot of job choices. True, true. And I mean, and there was the demand for it. People still wanted these very vibrant green dyes and they wanted these vibrant green floral arrangements and and they used it in their headdresses and hats. And even though there are restrictions, it really won't be until after that when there are different synthetic dyes that come along Mm -hmm. that we'll see that arsenic green stop being used. So they didn't they didn't stop using it until they had a viable replacement. Yeah. Yep. They would basically continue to use it, even though they knew that it was bad. Well, that's bonkers. I know, right? So there's this case of Matilda Schur. I'm not quite sure if I'm saying her name. Schur. 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 You're not sure if you're saying her name right. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Thank you. So, yeah, she was a 19-year-old artificial flower maker, and she died of, quote-unquote, accidental poisoning. And it's kind of funny that they call it accidental because... I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, she had been treated for, like, this same cause four times in the previous 18 months. So, yeah, the author of an article in Punch said that under such circumstances as these, death is evidently about as accidental as it is when resulting from a railway collision occasioned by arrangements known to be faulty. Meaning they knew it was going to happen. There's nothing accidental about it. Well, she knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And and she was one of those that would apply that, that, like I said, the powder to these flowers. And evidently... According to news articles at the time, she vomited green waters. The whites of her eyes had turned green. And in her last couple of days, she told the doctor that everything she looked at was green. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And by the end, she had seizures and froth not only at the mouth, but they said out the nose and eyes. The article said she died with an expression of great anxiety. Yeah, you think. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have green froth coming from all of my orifices. <laughs> a little bit of anxiety might be accompanying that. 
Exactly. Exactly. So it's after this that there was this ladies, like a, a group of women, high, you know, of course, highfalutin ladies called the Ladies Sanitary Association, which I just think is a fabulous name. Yeah, it brings to mind something else, right? So the Ladies Sanitary Association, they commissioned a doctor to do some research. And so he tested these artificial leaves from the headdresses and shared the results in an article with the London Times. And he concluded that the average headdress would contain enough arsenic to poison 20 people. (laughs) And that the dresses contained about half their weight in arsenic, meaning that a ball gown fashioned from about 20 yards of fabric would have about 900 grains of arsenic. And to put that into context, four to five grains are lethal for an average adult. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a pretty deadly. Oh, I see what you did there. Pretty deadly. Exactly. But the thing is, is that this is not going to be the last time that arsenic is used uh, in fashion. So it, it goes away for a while. But we see that arsenic will come back as a beauty supplement. I think I've heard of this and the lightening of skin and the exactly exactly so it's during this time period that this Victorian time period it's it's a time of romanticism so we get like Ophelia floating in the water and in art dead girls look pretty type thing exactly exactly so that becomes the standard of beauty and it shows status so it can show status because you're not outside, you know, working in the fields, you're not tan. So the, the paleness is what's seen as being beautiful. But then the, the sickly pallor, uh, the kind of like deathly look, like I said, comes from like literature and art. But it also a sick wife also shows status for a rich husband. A sick wife shows status. Mm-hmm. So a husband, yep, a man is seen as being wealthy if he has a sick wife, because that means he can afford to have a nanny. He can afford to have a housekeeper. He can afford to have somebody cook and clean. Right. And then he can also afford to have a doctor and afford the medicines. Is that why they had all those fainting couches? Were they fake fainting to pretend like they're sick wives? Yes and no. I mean, some of the fainting was real because they are literally taking arsenic to look paler. And they also are wearing these very tight corsets. So this is when tight lacing comes in because they can have still rivets. So they can do it really, really tight. So they're poisoning themselves and they can't breathe. Exactly. So although I'm sure with some women, it was an affectation to faint on the couch but i think for some women it really was like they walked too quickly i can't make it down the hall without my fainting couch (laughs) (laughs) i need one of those pretty much (laughs) pretty much except i don't have that excuse of arsenic and uh corsets i'm in like you know pajama bottoms that's not really gonna cause me to faint it does cause me to be lazy though which causes me to not walk as much, which causes me to need to sit down. Hence. The fainting couch, yeah. So, like I said, we see that, you know, arsenic goes out of favor for dyes. But in 1890, a Dr. James P. Campbell started selling these 
arsenic complexion wafers, which he guaranteed were absolutely safe and harmless to anybody. It was supposed to help you achieve an ideal complexion free of freckles, blackheads, pimples, vulgar redness, yellow or muddy skins, and other facial disfigurements. So I have an ad for it, and it says, She was certainly an exquisitely lovely creature. Nothing could have been added to enhance her beauty. She compelled admiration and was an object of worship. This is the universal result of the use of Dr. Campbell's safe arsenic complexion wafers and Fold's medicated arsenic complexion soap. These two world-famous beautifiers transform the most sallow skin into radiant health, removing pimples, clear the face of freckles and tan, give the complexion of an indescribable brilliancy, and lend to every young lady a charm of person, which makes her adorable. Adorable. Yeah, who knew that poisoning yourself could give you charm and make you adorable? Also, why do I find the the use of the word wafer so disturbing in that? No, well, I keep thinking of a lot of things. Of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so these like arsenic wafers, the thing is, it's that, you know, you build up a tolerance for them. So you have to eat more and more for to see these side effects, which, of course... It, it just, you know, stays in your system. And so basically, you know, you just you just take them until you die. Do you get the attractive uh, foaming at the mouth? You know, I don't know. I did see that it could cause open sores. So I, yeah, I don't know if that's the look that they were going for. I mean, that definitely would be sick wife look. There was a uh, column in Harper's Bazaar called the Ugly Girl Papers. Oh. No. Also known as Hints for the Toilet. And it was written by a Mrs. S.D. Powers, who is a beauty expert of the time. And is currently burning in hell. (laughs) So Mrs. S.D. Powers was all about the natural beauty and the natural look. That you achieved through pain and suffering. Yep. So she, like at the time, there was the natural look and then there was the painted look. And that's like a whole other episode about the lead paint that they would use to lighten themselves. But the natural look was, of course, not necessarily natural. You know, it would have some rouge and that kind of thing. But she was a proponent of arsenic uh, in order to get that very pale kind of look. And your goal was to get a more translucent kind of skin. And so the arsenic was supposed to be uh, part of that. Ladies, you don't want to be an ugly, wretched, horrible beast where children turn away from you in the street. Take arsenic. Take arsenic. (laughs) Because, you know, this pale cadaverous kind of look with like watery eyes. Yeah. You know, that's that's ideal beauty right there. A dead woman. Ideal beauty. She purdy. <laughs> there, that purdy. But I mean, no, I mean, just no yeah. wonder. Just no wonder. Well, for me, it's like, what are we doing that's these exactly, days? I mean, that, that's what I'm saying is just, you know. But for me, I just think about like, what beauty products do I put on that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that retina ache. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> and And we're saying, oh, well, they were aware of it. They knew it was bad for them. Well, I mean, Botox, you're po- that that's a poison. That's a I you know, you can die 
It's very true. I mean, you're literally injecting poison into yourself. And here we are yelling at these Victorians for eating and ingesting poison and wearing it. I mean, I am aging woman. I, I don't think I'm that old, but I mean, I know lots of ladies who are injecting themselves and, and you know what? Have fun. When, when the zombie apocalypse comes around because you've been injecting weird toxins. Well, honestly, it won't. I, I will still be a victim because I'm going to be one of those who can't make it down the hall without the fainting couch. <laughs> So it won't matter that I didn't put Botox. And I'm not any, but I'm not saying I'm just, I'm just, I'm just cheap and adverse to pain. I don't want anything like stuck in my forehead. It's not that I don't think it would look beautiful. <laughs> well, that's why we say I have bangs because it's cheaper than Botox. Well, yeah, that's the story of white arsenic dye. That's amazing. I'm going to have to start retelling that story about the prom dress. I know. I was, well, when I looked it up, they, it, it was actually like on Wikipedia and then a couple other places, they said it was a wedding dress. So it didn't have a color. And I was like, no, I remembered it being blue. The prom dress was blue. Yes. And I sort of remember it like fading. That makes the story better. In my humble opinion. Yeah. There's also in the movie Elizabeth, they have that scene where like one of her maids is killed because they have taken a dress that was supposed to go to Elizabeth and, and put poison in it. And then the maid wears it, like tries it on and wears it and dies. So I guess, you know, if, if you really don't like somebody, maybe buy them a green shirt and kind of. I mean, I'm kind of adding this to it's weird to say that my daughter and I are compiling ways to kill people that we don't think will get caught and one of them <laughs> has been ours this has been very illuminating thank you yes well that's what that's what we're here for <laughs> is it though <laughs> for me to make a list of ways you can kill people and not get caught through fashion yep and just to clarify i'm not gonna kill somebody it's just fun to make a list you know what's really weird is that just yesterday I was watching Instagram, uh, like an Instagram live story for that lady. She restores old houses and also is a bridal designer. And her, she, they had a house that they were restoring called, that she called Louise that uh, burned down. Anyway, they bought a new house to restore. And as they were like taking the plaster off the walls, she was like, okay, we have to stop because, and it was like, Gr that bright green striped Victorian wallpaper and she's like this is arsenic I can't touch this right now so that's how I knew that about the wallpaper that weird well evidently Queen Victoria had green wallpaper in Buckingham Palace and a German console licked it no <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do do not lick the wallpaper. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> he has to like, put foot in there and lick the wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> he away and he's got like green on his mustache. And a little bit of foam right here. So anyway, what was the real story about Queen Victoria? <laughs> well, the real story is that he told her that the wallpaper made him ill. And, you know, it wasn't a, um, like, you know, jab at her 
taste, it was that the, the green wallpaper made a mill. So she removed it. <laughs> he's got one of his little Wilhelm must mean the little mustaches and he's <laughs> He has to have like a pince nez or like a monocle. Or he's wearing one of those hats that has like the pointy you know what I'm yes, talking about? Yes, like yes. It does. It has a name. I should know what it is and I don't. It's the reverse psychology part of it that makes me laugh about it. <laughs> don't lick the wallpaper. <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> and that's how they won the war against the Germans. And now a word from our sponsor. Now you can burn away that shaggy line of shame with Uniblow, the Unibrow blow dart. Our patented lead-based poison blow dart technology sends concentrated amounts of perfectly safe chemical compounds directly to the brow to lift and separate those annoying little hairs. Unibrow sufferers rejoice. No more wasting precious commute time plucking, shaving, and waxing in the rearview mirror. So hurry now to split that brow with Uniblow, Unibrow blow darts. Available at your favorite dart neck site. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out all of the links and resources in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please be sure to subscribe, share it with others, or leave a rating and review.